following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Church, but in order to talk about the state of the church, we've got to talk about our King and uh, and our Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Um, that you know what he did is he undressed himself. How he uh, he took off heaven to come to earth, so that we could take off earth and experience heaven. Amen. Like this is what he did for us, and it's a glorious thing. So if you do me a favor and uh, bow your heads and hearts, we're going to go ahead and begin in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace, your kindness and your love. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you undressed your divinity to a certain extent. Though you came 100% man, 100% God, you, you, uh, you said that you became poor so that we might become rich. That even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Lord, you, you gave it all so we could have it all, and we're so grateful for your purchase and for your ransom and re redemption and love and grace that you rescued us back to the Father, that you gave us the, the, gl the glorious inheritance of the kingdom, the kingship that you offer us, and then the Father as you, you, you adopted us into the family, and we're so grateful. Please open our eyes and hearts today to a further understanding of who we are in you and, and all that you've purchased us from and to and, uh, and help us to, to understand these things so that we might live them. Not that we might just know them, yes, but that we would live them knowing that you have set the captives free, that you have made us your own, your bride, your body, and, uh, and you've rescued us for joyful obedience and that we might shine for your glory and that others might be invited in to this glorious kingdom in which you are our king, our sovereign, and we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, as we, I'm going to unpack in the, the beginning part of this message here, you know, what the state of the church is. So let me just ask that question, um, not looking for answers as much as thought on your part. What is the state of the church? You know, so often I hear from uh, church folk, uh, saints, Christians, oh, the state of the church is in peril, and, uh, and with no understanding of what God is doing around the globe, and, uh, and in your heart, and in our communities, and, and, uh, and I, I, I couldn't disagree more. I believe that Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right, And I believe the church is loved and redeemed and rescued and ransomed. And we're going to be reminded of these things. So the first thing we need to be reminded of uh, is this, that the church is in good hands. Do you believe that this morning, that the church is in good hands? Listen, listen to what Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 says. It says, and he, being our heavenly father, put all things under his, the Lord Jesus Christ's feet, on the other side of his ascension, put everything under his feet and gave him as head over what? All things to who? To us. To the church. Head of all things to the church, which is his body. And get this, the fullness of him, God the Father, who fills all in all. Like he is our head 
And if he's our head, are we in good hands? Let's look, let's, I wrote this out for us because this is kind of encapsulates my heart. Ultimately, Jesus is the ideal leader who guides and provides sacrificially in love. He knows and cares perfectly for those who follow him, declaring, him not, declaring them, us, not servant but friend, and even his body and his bride, sharing his authority and power with us to finish what he started and to do even greater things than he did. And that's what he said. So uh, the question for us as we begin to unpack this question about the state of the church is it has to start here. So what are the characteristics of the church's head, of his leadership, of Christ, our king? And as I mentioned earlier in Mark 10:45, it says this, for even the son of man, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, came not, and this is self-declared, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This was his own divine intention to come into our brokenness, pain, sorrow, and separation and to bring us back to life, to set the captives free. And he knew that that would mean his own demise. He knew that that would be shed blood. In fact, the entire Old Testament helps us to unpack and and, uh, prophetically understand what Christ came to do. And he declares here he didn't. If anybody deserved to be served, it was him. Wise men, you know, traveled over seven, possibly 900 miles over months for the sole purpose to worship the one who has his own star, right? The king of kings has showed up on the planet and they wanted to worship him, right? And Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And what an incredible example that is for us as his, as his church, So what do we learn about the church's king and head? And what about Christ's characteristics and leadership that he's meek, amen? Right, he's he's the epitome of of humility, but but still with ultimate power, right? Like he has all the power that that anybody could have, and yet he, he, he demonstrates that in humility right? Sacrificially loving and generous. That's what we, we get just from this one, but that, that, is, that resonates with this passage. So when Paul was writing a letter to the Philippians, he, uh, he finishes what we know as chapter one. It's a letter, of course, and continues. Uh, and what he's saying at the end of chapter one is like, listen, in order for you guys to walk in healthy community, there has to be unity, right? Does, does, and there has to be humility, right? And so does, does, uh, does humility uh, offer anything to a marriage? If you take two prideful individuals, uh, what do we, what's that a recipe for, right? Like if we want, if, but if you have two individuals that are looking, uh, you know, as Jesus said, do, do to others what you wish they would do for you, right? And it's in that vein that Paul continues here in Philippians 3, and when he's looking for an example to depict what the benefits of humility, the, the, an example for what humility looks like and does, he chooses Jesus. I think that was a good choice, right? So, but he start, listen, I'm going to pick up in verse 3 of, of Philippians 2, and he says this. And remember what we're after here. What, what is the characteristics of our king, our Lord Jesus Christ? 
And in verse 3, it says, do nothing. Paul petitions the church in Philippi. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. The NIV adds vain conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Would, there, would that have any benefit in marriage or any other relationship? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having the mind among yourselves, which is yours, that's interesting, because we're told in, in 1 Corinthians 2 that, that we have the mind of Christ through the Spirit of God. Like, so he says to us, that, that is yours. So he says, have this mindset, this attitude, your translation might say, among yourselves, like in, in the culture of your community as a church, which is yours through the Holy Spirit, right, in Christ Jesus. And what he's talking about, he's talking about an attitude of humility, an attitude that puts others' needs above your own, an attitude that, uh, that, that doesn't operate in, in conceit or vanity, right? And, uh, and really wants to, be, wants to be an instrument of love and service to others. Um, and so he, he, after saying that, this is what he says, as an, using Christ as an example. Listen to verse 6 through 8 especially. Who, talking of the Lord Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now that gets mis misunderstood. What he means is to be held on to. He let go in order that he would leave heaven, come to earth. And it, it goes on to, to help us understand that. But he emptied himself. Boy, that's an example to us emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. This is our king. Being born in the likeness of Emmanuel. Incarnation is what he's talking about here. God took on skin in order to rescue us from our death and defiance. And being found in human form, God, he humbled himself. Now that's We'll see that picked. I mean, James unpacks this. We are challenged as saints to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that in due time he might exalt us, right? And, and we see that Jesus was exalted on the other side of the grave, and that's the promise to us too. And Jesus, Jesus humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, of God the Father. This is our king. What do we draw from this? He's humble. He's sacrificial. He is, he is, he's, he's concerned about what is important to you, and that's why he left heaven to rescue us. In 2 Corinthians 8 9, uh, chapter 8, verse 9, it, here we have another opportunity to, to dive into the characteristics of our king. And, and what he says here is, for you know, Paul says, you know this as a saint, as, a, 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 as you've been taught, but you know the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty, might become rich. 
So Jesus came to bring, to give us cars and cash and homes, right? He came to make, no, he came to give us the Father, right? He came to give us the, the wealth of heaven, right? The, 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 the presence of God, not just the presence of God, adoption. Like, he, he, like it, it was incredible that he would say, oh, please teach us to pray, Lord. And he says this, he opens with this, our Father. He shared his daddy with us. And he made it possible that that would not just be a concept, but that would be our, our faithful adoption. That, that's our truth. So when we look at the Matthew version of Mark 10, 45, uh, and Matthew shares this, there is some personal implications for us. Jesus says that, th- that we should model, we should follow, literally follow Jesus' example. And what he says here is, it shall not be so among you, because they were looking for leadership they wanted accolades they wanted status and power and influence and and uh and jesus says it shall not be so among you but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave now get this he's saying like if you want to be great in the kingdom be a servant the last shall be first first shall be last right and then he says if you want to be the first among the great then be a slave to who? To one another. Putting other people's needs, desires, and, you know, do for others what they wish they do, you do for them. You know, he says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's this mindset that, Peter, that, uh, that Jesus had as our king and then challenges us by example. And we're, we're, we're recipients of the, of the expression and the purchase of what Jesus did through that mindset that we have through the Holy Spirit. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not, not like in his own intention and design and desire, like no one made him have this disposition. You know, so often we think that this, this mindset of being, being a servant to others is something that has to be forced upon us. You know, this was Jesus' design and desire by his own intentions. It says, whoever, uh, he says, and even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I don't know about you, but as we go into election year this year, and I'm going to share our new theme this year in just a moment, but I'm so excited And like as we go into election year, how many are here saying Jesus 2024, right? Jesus 2024. Like, you know, any time that that man has deviated from God being being our king, our sovereign, it, it has gone wrong, right? When the nation of Israel wanted to be like other nations, that was their motive. Right. And uh, and they went to Samuel and said, give us a king. And Samuel was all brokenhearted because he felt like they were uh, rejecting him. God told Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Give them what they want. Now, that is the the last thing you ever want to get from God. I'm just telling you, we see it in Romans one, that if if we want something more than we want him, what will happen is he'll give us what we want so that we'll discover how empty and shallow it is so that we might, like the prodigal son, might f- come to our senses, turn and go home to the benevolent one, to the gracious one, the kind one that leads us to repentance. And so I, I hope you found out how good our king is. I hope you have put yourself under the sovereign reign and have received the kingdom. 
Like he wants to, wherever God is, heaven is. Do you know that? Like God makes heaven heaven, right? So if the Holy Spirit, who is God, right, has tabernacled in, in us, right, has, has been birthed, placed, sown, planted in the soil of our hearts, then guess where the kingdom is? It's in you and me. And guess who's king of that kingdom? He is. And guess what our posture is? Lord Jesus, reign in me that you might reign through me, right? And so this is what we need because what we've found through human history, though God uses and the, 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 you know, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he is sovereign over all of that, right? He gives us what we, we want, even if it's not him, and that's to our own demise. And we can see the, the implications of that right now in, in, in America. You know, we, we didn't want prayer in the classroom anymore. We didn't want God's word in the classroom. We didn't want to honor him. And, uh, and, and there are implications of that. I mean, God's presence is, is everything, right? In, in his presence, uh, Psalm 16 says, in his presence is the abundance of, say it, joy, right? And Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our, and we're told in Philippians 4.13 that we can do all things through Christ who, do you see it? And then Jesus said, if you abide in me, in my word and in my love, if you abide in me, that my joy will be in you and your joy complete. But it's, it's about practicing the presence of God. It's about, it's about enjoying what, what Jesus has done for us. The Father's presence has been made available. We can enter into his presence with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, we, we, we're told that we can boldly and confidently come before the throne of grace in our time of need, right? And that's all because of the cross. That's be all because of he, this glorious king that came and, and, and left his heaven behind to come to our brokenness, to be broken, to give us heaven. He became poor that we might become rich. And that's, guys, this is the best news the world's ever heard, right? This is, the, this is good news, like to, to, its, to its pinnacle statement, and, and this is what God has done for us in Christ. So the question is, so what is the state of the church? Now, I, I went through a bunch of scripture in preparation for this, and I'm going to list some of the things that we find in Scripture about the state of the church just so that you can be invigorated this morning, stimulated, challenged, encouraged, okay? And I'm sure you have some. So if I asked you and we took a, 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 a survey this morning as what is the state of the church, I hope that we would come up with a lot of this list. Listen, listen this is the list, and this is based in Scripture. What is the state of the church? Saved, rescued, ransomed. Keep in mind, these are all past tense redeemed. Amen? Justified. Do you know what that word means? It's not, it's not just declared not guilty. It, it also means declared just not, not from guilty to righteous. Woo! That was a trip, and it's called new creation, right? Like, that's incredible. So, justified. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the state of the church promised to be raised and glorified. That's the state of the church. Loved, betrothed to the bridegroom, who happens to be the king of kings, by the way, provided and protected. You know why? Because Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says this. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's good news. And you know what Jesus does? He always finishes what he starts. And that's a promise. 
right? That's in Philippians 1.6. And so the other things we can, we can see in Scripture based on John 15.3, we are washed, washed by the blood of Christ, perfected and being sanctified, Hebrews uh, 10.14 told us last week, cleansed and pruned, John 15 says, for what purpose? Greater fruitfulness, right? Right? And what, what does fruit? What does fruit do? Man, if we see John 15, it tells us. What does fruit do in our life? It glorifies the Father. That's how we glorify Father. And how do we do that? How do we bear fruit? Apart from me, you can do nothing. We abide in Christ. And He bears His fruit through our lives as we stay connected to Him. Right? As we abide in Him and His Word and stay close, follow Him. What else do we know about the state of the church? I love this. His bride. His bride. He loves his bride. He died for his bride to make her radiant. Right? He's loving her into her radiance. We are the bride. Do you, do you know there's a wedding feast in our future? Right? Because we are his bride. Do you know we're pledged? Uh, in our context, we would call it engaged, but it's more significant than that. We're, we're married and waiting as he, as he defines our purity, as that's what, what they would do in, 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 in Jewish culture, and, and then he, the Father's going to send him, just like they did in, in Galilean weddings. The Father's going to send him, and he's going to come, and he's going to take us to himself, just like he promised in John 14. You know what else the state of the church is? Helped to be his helper, because that's what a bride, bride is. A bride is a helpmeet that's in submission, the bride, the bride is the weaker vessel. Uh, is in, in, in to our bridegroom, Lord Jesus Christ, are we the weaker vessel? Right? And, and yet, are we called to submission, right, and fellowship? That, that, like, did, did you, did, I don't know if anyone's told you lately that, that our mission is to help Jesus save the world. Anybody told you that lately? And, and let me remind you that I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody that saved my soul. Right? That's, that's the truth. Because you, you take God's spirit out of the equation of column and row, and I'm dirt. Right? Right? I'm talking about this body. But when you, when you put the Holy Spirit into the equation, now I'm saint. No longer sinner. I'm saint. I'm his. I'm bride. I'm the body of Christ. I'm an agent of the gospel. I'm an ambassador of a kingdom that has a culture of a king that loves you more than you could possibly understand or know. What else is the state of the church? Being made holy and spotless. And yet that's, that's already our status in heaven, seated in the heavenly places. Listen to this. The state of the church, we are known and loved. He knows you inside and out, and he loves you. And not only that, when we think about prayer, the state of the church is heard. Heard. His. I love that. Just three letters. State of the church, that'll bless your life, his. You know, we're told we're, we're, we're bought with a price. We're not our own. We've been redeemed, rescued. This is, this, is what, this is what Hosea did for Gomer, and that's a foreshadowing of what Christ did for his church, right? When, when we, we gave ourselves to prostitution, when we gave ourselves to adultery, when we gave ourselves, and if you, if you don't like those words, I'll say it this way, when we gave ourselves to loving the world rather than loving him and we, didn't, and we gave up our first love, he loved us back right? So it's so beautiful. Like, you know what else we're, the state of the church is? Held together by the powerful word of Christ that we're told in Colossians 1. Held together. 
Aren't you, aren't you blessed this morning as a saint, as a member of the body of Christ, to know that by Christ's power you are held together? Do you ever feel like you're falling apart? Do you know what the truth is in him? You're being held together. You know what else? By the Holy Spirit, we're empowered. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. The, the dwelling place of God is among man, and it's going to get more significant when Christ returns, right? And, and we're more than conquerors in him. Like, this is good news, guys. Hello, anybody out there? Like, is this exciting? Like, this is the state of you as the church, we as the church. We have peace with God, and we have the peace of God through the Holy Spirit. Do you know that we're, we're fully endowed with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that, that we're fully endowed with that resource, and, and we need to quit depending on and putting confidence in the flesh. We need to start putting our, our confidence in the Spirit. Romans 8 says to us that you're either going to be controlled by one or the other, right? You know, if, you're, if, if you choose to be controlled by your flesh, it leads to death and destruction, right? But if you, if you, if you are cho- choose to be, if you are controlled by the Spirit, it leads to what? Life and peace. Life and peace. I want to tell you a little bit more about the state of the church. And I've been talking about this, all this bridal imagery. Boy, it really comes to light when we read Ephesians 5. And Paul starts to unpack marriage a little bit and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the roles and responsibilities within marriage for husbands and wives. And then he gets lost in it talking about the fact that I'm really talking about Christ and his church because that's the greatest marriage. That's the greatest romance that, that, that's ever hit the planet, right? Really, it is. I mean, when, when we're told in Genesis that uh, you, uh, a man shall leave his, hu- his, his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one, that's a picture of us leaving the world and, and, and cleaving to Christ, holding fast is what the ESV says. Abiding was John 15, is what Jesus says. And the two will become what? That's what Jesus wants. Do you believe that? That's what he prayed for, that you and I, that we would be one as the Father, Spirit, and Son are one to that degree. And so it's a, it's a bridal experience that we're having with our bridegroom, and he's faithful. Listen to what Ephesians 5, through 27 says. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Not to every husband, praise God, right? Like, but, but submit to your own husband as to the Lord. As to the Lord. Whoa, that's a pretty high standard, right? For the husband is what? Is the head of the wife. Even as Christ, here it is, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. You know, when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, we're t- we're, we're, there's this body imagery that, that Paul brings out, and he tells us that we're the hands and feet of Christ. We're the eyes and ears of Jesus. We're the tangible presence of God on the planet now. Jesus said, you'll do even greater things than I. And this is what he meant. His 33, about 33 years on the planet is going to be, is going to be way more significant now, and it has been for over 2,000 years or, or, or almost, right? Like, because now his body, his body continues to manifest itself in his power and his presence. And so Jesus continues to work through. You, 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 ever, you ever complain about the darkness that is out there? How about we just be the light? Because light, light overcomes darkness. Right? Like, let's, let's understand that we're equipped for this, that we're, that we're saved to serve. We're, we, you know, like, like, let's not subscribe to this, that, 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 that the Christian life is about me. It's, it's not about you. Hello? It's not about you. It's all about him. Right. And uh, and when our lives are all about him, what we understand is that we're loved 
and we're purchased and we're healed, right? We, we understand these concepts because we experience them, right? So he goes on to say in verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, still bridal imagery, so also wives should submit to in, in everything to their husbands. Like, here's the thing. Um, is that hard? I, I'm, I'm not a wife, uh, but I am. I'm, a bride, I'm the bride of Christ. And so is it, is it hard for me as, as, as the bride of Christ to submit to Jesus and everything? Uh, I'm going to tell you, yeah, there's times that's hard. There's things that are asked of us, you know, by the Spirit, by God's Word. That's challenging. But my calling is to submit to Him in everything. And, and what I find is when we trust God's Word, it works. It works. And it will be counterintuitive. It will be counterculture. It will be counter your feelings. But you don't do it in obedience to your husband, wives. You do it in obedience to the word and God the Father, trusting that it's fruitful and that it works. And I've seen it. I have a glorious wife. Husbands, love your wives. Now, boys, listen up. Husbands, love your wives wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I mean, the context of what we talk about this morning is not marriage, but please don't miss that. But please hear what's being stated here about Christ and his church. What did he do for his church? He gave himself up for her. Is her lost on us? Is there a reason we call ourselves sister churches? And these things are, are faithful to the scriptures. Verse 26, that he, speaking of Christ, might sanctify her. Right? He loved her and gave himself up for her. This is you and me, the saint, the, 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 the blood-bought believer, like that he, Christ, might sanctify her. What does that mean? Make her pure, holy, and blameless. He might make her like him. The two might become one. Having cleansed her by the washing of water. What's he talking about? Through the word. Do you know the power of God's word can actually sanctify our minds and hearts and lives as we submit to the Lord in his word so that he being Christ Jesus might present the church to himself bridal language here this is when he comes back for his bride present the church to himself in splendor do you know what he's up to in you as the church to make you his radiant bride and don't ever question like look when, when there's fire, is there fire in our life? You know, Peter says, don't be surprised by the fiery trials. This is something strange that's happening to you, right? Like, is there fire in our life at times? But listen, like the enemy would want that to consume you and to bring about fear and doubt. You know what God's intention is there? To purify you, to make you gold so he can see his reflection in you. Like he is, he is burning away the dross. He is washing away the impurities, you know, and, uh, and that's why we're called to count it pure joy. That, that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be what? Holy and without blemish. Guys, that's our king. That's the state of the church. You know what keeps us from walking in that is, is this. We are, we are more concerned and worried about what we've done or haven't done than what he's done. And when we get wrapped up in what he's done, we start to digest the gospel for ourselves and we start to believe with the help of the Holy Spirit that I am his and loved and now loving 
and bought and purchased and all of it. Right. So Colossians helps us to go on to understand the status of the church based on the the sovereign goodness of our king. And uh, he says this for by him, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, all things were created. How many things? All things were created in heaven and on earth. Not just here, not the visible, but invisible, visible, invisible, all of it, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created. Don't miss this. this is my favorite part of this text. Through him and do you know you were created for you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do says Ephesians 2.10 but here we're told that all things were created through him and for him. Do you know that you were created for him? You find your purpose when you understand that you were not just created by him but for him. Right. And he is before all things, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's before all things and in him, all things hold together. Can I say also that includes you? As I mentioned earlier, all things are when you feel like you're falling apart. You might be falling in place. Right. You might be falling into his hands in those moments because it's desperation that brings us to the feet of Jesus. And he is the head of the church, the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He's the beginning of the church. He's the beginning of the new creation, the born again experience that that in everything he might be preeminent. Who can tell me what that word means? It means surpassing all others. It's almost what Hebrews is trying to tell us through the whole book. He's better than it all. Right? For in him all things, all the fullness of God the Father was pleased to dwell. Pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well. Listen to him, is what the Father says. And through him to reconcile, through him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to reconcile. And I love this. He's not reconciling us. He's, it's, it's better to himself. Like how sweet is that? Reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So good news this morning. We are new creations, beloved and favored, under construction for sure. I've always said I just love to take that tape, that yellow tape, and just run it all around the church and leave it. So that we're constantly reminded that, that we, so we don't get so hard on ourselves and others, that we're all under construction, folks. Let's, let's show a little grace, right? But... But, but he's going to finish what he started. And let's lean into the Holy Spirit for that finishing work. Built on a firm foundation. You know, the, the, the prophets and the, and the, the apostles. But, but the, the best part is this cornerstone of ours. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our firm foundation. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 24, 26. Like, what it tells us is this. Is that if you really want to build your house upon the rock the firm foundation of Christ Jesus, then don't just hear his words. A lot of people just hear his words, but put them into practice. Because here's the truth. Everybody's going to face storms. That's what he tells them. Everybody's going to go through trials. In this world, you will have trouble. But he says, the ones that don't put might not know it, not hear the word, because they all heard it. But the ones that actually practice his word are the ones that are going to endure and build their life upon the rock of Christ's promises. He's, he's also promised completion. Like, is that good news this morning? 
that he's going to finish what he started. I love that. I love what the, this, this conversation between, uh, um, you know, between Peter, uh, you know, the rock, the Peter, uh, Cephas, and Jesus. This, is, this happens in Matthew 16, 15 to 18. It says, he, speaking of Jesus, said to him, to them, all of them, but who, have, who do you say that I am? Right? This is what we're unpacking this morning. Simon Peter r- replied, you are the Christ. That word means anointed one. You are the redeemer of humanity. You're, the, you're our rescuer. Right? But, but, but more than all of that, when it says that you are the anointed one, what is it saying? You are the king. Who gets anointed? Right? And he says, he says you are the Messiah, the king, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Right? Now, I think Jesus is pretty pleased by this profession. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Anytime you see bar, like bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah means son of the covenant. So here he's saying, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, right? Uh, For flesh and blood has not revealed. In other words, your dad didn't teach you this, reveal this to you. But my father, not your father, who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are you are Peter and on this rock. And what he's talking about is his profession of faith. It is Peter, but it's, it's kind of twofold here. He's saying on this statement that, uh, that, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, he says, and, and this is what I've already shared several times this morning, I will build my church. That's so good. I will build my church. Like he's going to finish it. He's going to build it. And you're the church. Can I tell you that I'm, I'm less enthused and excited about numbers than I am about maturity? Because I believe church growth is when the church grows in maturity, right? Because the other will come and God adds to the number, right? Like that's his doing. But I think what the, the, the part that he's given to us is to go and make disciples and to teach them what I've taught you. And I'm going to be with you to get it done is what he says. But he goes on to say, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I had a really cool experience. If you don't know, we've done State of the Church for a lot of years. And, um, and I had this incredible desire to go to, uh, John and I were talking, and, and to go to Revelation uh, this last week in my, in my, in my Sabbath. And I, I was just reading through Revelation, and, and uh, you know, I got to chapter 3, and, and, uh, and it was about an hour later, um, that I, I thought about like my preparation for this this week, and I was thinking, I've never thought of this before. Jesus did a state of the church right there in Revelation. If you think about it, what does he do? He reveals himself. Well, I mean, <laughs> through, the, you know, through the vision and, and, and angel, John's, John gets to see the risen, glorified Jesus, fire in his eyes, you know, white hair, bronzed feet, all of it, right? And uh, sword in the t- like, beautiful. But then it goes on, and it starts speaking to the seven churches in Asia Minor, specifically those seven churches. And he says, I commend you for this, but I have this against you. Right. And he, he tells them what the what the status and and the other thing that we, we're told in there, which I love, is that that he plants church. Now, there are churches in our area that use the word church, but they're not Christ church. Let's be honest. They're not Christ church. Right. He plants his church. He builds it. Right. And, and when he does that, you know, he fills it with his spirit being us. Um, but then the other thing we're told is there's seven spirits. Anybody want to help me with what the seven spirits are? They are angels that are assigned to every church. What does an angel do? An angel is a part of a heavenly host, an army. 
It def- they defend. They're messengers. They're ambassadors on God's part for whose benefit? Right? Isn't it good to know that, that we are we're given heaven's defense? Right? In the midst of, uh, uh, of living in the kingdom of darkness? Right? That we are protected? Like, and, and maybe that's not new for us, but, but that's sweet. So to answer the state of the church or what the state of the church is, we must first answer the question, who is the church? So let me, let me share my thoughts. Who we are in Christ. Those who have, the, the, the church is who we are in Christ, right? So who, those who have put their trust in him for salvation and have declared him Lord by the way that they live in love. You know, who's the church? His body, his bride, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been tabernacled, right? To, to live in a desert experience and to carry, right? Carry his presence through this, through fights and conflicts and all of that right into the promised land, right? And so we're also the ambassadors of his kingdom. And he's our king. Like, that's so good news. Like, this, we're, what is the, who is the church? We are his witnesses, his masterpiece, his workmanship, you know, we are soldiers in an army, right? But, but we do not fight with swords, right? If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That's not, that we, we do not, our battle's not against flesh and blood, right? We, we, we love. And really what we are is what Jesus is based on John 1, 14. He is making us full of grace and truth. And, uh, and so that's a beautiful thing. We're equipped with the Holy Spirit and his sword, his sword, the word of God. You know, I think sword is kind of interesting. S word, sword, spirit's word. I, I, that's just good. Uh, do, not, do not get caught up in civilian affairs, we're told. That sounds like we're, we're, we're in a fight here, right? And, and let's remember that, that we have armor, right? Based on Ephesians 6. And we fight the good fight of faith. That's the fight. We, you know what you're doing every time that you're in a, a fight with the enemy or one of his instruments you know what you're doing you're fighting to believe god's word and god's promises you're fighting to believe him right and let's not get in conflict with others right we we got to put his put his word into practice build a house upon the rock you know what else uh, who else is the church we are a family we're brothers and sisters through adoption right and the best part is we have a father we have a heavenly father that's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the, in fact, Jesus is the king. He's referred to, the father's referred to as the all in all, right? And that's not y- unique to Thor and all that. So, so the other thing about who is the church is she's loved. I've read some passages on that. She's loved. She is growing because God finishes what he starts. The other thing is, please hear this. The church, she's alive because he's alive. I'm, I'm going go to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go plant a Pentecostal church. I just need that, man. Help me out. Hallelujah. You know what hallelujah means? It means praise the Lord, right? Like, like let's, let, like, like, let, let, man. Thank you, Amir. So, like, called to be one. Thank you, Brian. Called to be, I know that was Amir, but I, I like Brian. Brian's always kind of, like, giving it. Woo! Love that. So, we're called to be one. Guys, what does that require of you and me? To walk in oneness, in unity, it, it means that everybody's got to contribute to humility and, you know, overlooking. Love covers a multitude of sin. 
as much as it's up to me, live at peace with one another. And it's, uh, it's often, uh, it's really up to us sometimes. You know, like we got to forgive as we've been forgiven. Because then what do we do? We put ourselves in a prison, right? And so like unity in community is what God is all about. Listen to what this passage says in reference to that. Just so you know the heart of Jesus and our King. I do not ask for these. He's talking to his father. This is right before he's arrested. But I also for those who will believe in him through their word. Do you know that's us as a byproduct? That they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the, this is why. Here's the why. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you know when we demonstrate love and unity that, that people start believing that Jesus was sent by the Father to save the world? Like we have got, like, your love for one another proves that you're, you're my disciple, Jesus says. And then he says this. He says, don't, don't call, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? It's just not true. In verse 22, it says, the glory that you, this is what Jesus wants. He wants us to be one as the Father, Son, and Spirit are one in mind, spirit, purpose, intention under his headship. The glory that you have given me, Jesus says, I have given to them. He's, he's, he's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit here, that they may be one even as you are one. And so what we understand there is this, that the Spirit is the catalyst of unity. Like, you don't want unity in your flesh. You want superiority, right? The Spirit is all about humility and oneness and unity and community. We've got to submit to the Spirit. right? And, 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 and we have power to see this through. In 1 Peter 3.8, it says, Finally, all of you, This is what Peter says to the church. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. Together, sympathy for one another, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Like the church is called to this type of characteristics and cultures that really exemplifies the kingdom because it's its king's characteristics. So what is her purpose? What is her mission? Right? What is her mission? What is the mission of the church? You know, there, there, there's always been these moves towards, you know, we're going to have our purpose statement. We're going to have our mission statement. And I think some of that is in good. In, in, it's good because they, they take the mission that we've been given and they just make it personal. And that's good. But we have already been given a mission. Jesus clearly gave us a mission. And that's our mission, right? We, we, we don't get to determine the mission. He's our leader. We're in submission. We're the weaker vessel. We're in desperate need uh, to be his helper. So Jesus is... Or, or she is, speaking of the church, she is Jesus' bride, the weaker vessel, the helpmeet in a willing, submissive posture, ideally joyfully and faithfully through the Holy Spirit. She is his body to finish what he started as his hands and feet. And with that said, this is the mission of the church, and it happens to be our mission as well. It's, our, it's really the co-mission of the church. It's the shared mission of all the churches that are Christ's, right? And it says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority, don't miss this, the all in all, his father, after his, after his ascension, and he made his offering for, for man's sin, and it was accepted, all authority was given to him in heaven and on earth and, and has been 
he says, it's been given to me. It's all been given to me. And he says, he says, with that authority, like, can you imagine, like, I don't know, president, I'm just thinking of somebody that has authority, you know, says, uh, I want you to go do this in my name. Like, that would, that would open some doors, right? How about, how about the king of the universe says, with the authority that I've been given by my father, I'm, gonna, I'm commissioning you to this. Go. That word go in the Greek means as you go. So you don't have to pick up, pack your bags and go to Africa, right? You could cross the street, right? You could cross the cubicle, right? You could call your brother or sister that you haven't talked to in seven years, right? Like, as you go, therefore, and make disciples, go therefore, excuse me, and make disciples of all nations, right? This is every tribe, tongue, and nation, everything under the stars that are, that are being declared night by night and day by day, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Like he's not asking you to go and teach them something that he hasn't already taught you. That's good news, right? And, and the good news is he's, he's given us his spirit to put his, 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 his word in our mouth and our hearts, our minds. And behold, he says this, I love it. And I am with you always to the very end of the age. Guys, that is the mission of our church. That is the mission of the church. We share that with other churches, and that's the purpose of Christ in this world. So how does that come to fruition? In Acts 1.8, it says this, but you will receive power, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit, they had no idea that this would happen 10 days from then because they were just told to go to Jerusalem and wait. And what did they do in their waiting? This is so important. They prayed and worshiped. Do you pray and worship while you wait for God's promises? Right. So he says, and you will be my he says this, go and you, uh, and you but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my what? Witnesses. That is what the Holy Spirit is empowering us for. Right. This is the how to to accomplish the mission in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as we read the book of Acts, we see that go like God's providence. Boom, 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 working itself out. Right. As Paul goes out in one, two, three missionary journeys. So where where is this gospel to go? To the ends of the earth. So that that leads me to talk to you a little bit about our missions here at at Faith Fellowship. So we endeavor every year um, to 10 percent of what comes through our doors and tithes and offerings, um, what comes to us through. You know, when we give, this is how the New Testament giver is. You know, there's so much controversy about this, and I'm just going to be clear. Like, we have a giving box that's in the back. We, since our inception, we've never passed a plate, not once, right? Like, we, we believe it's an act of worship, that it's an act of obedience, and that's between you and the Lord, okay? And, but you know that we've never, ever, ever, ever had a year where we've taken in less than we've spent, ever, Everything that we've ever needed has been provided for, ever. And you know that we have never, ever, ever been in debt, not for one day. And that is not a testimony to leadership or to anybody that's in this room, but that is glory to God. That is his faithful promise and provision. And the means of that is through you and me. Like we give because we've been given. We give to the extent we give because we've been given to that extent. He says, you know, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you, if you sow generously, you'll reap generously, right? Like, but, but God loves a joyful giver, right? And we give because we've been given so much. 
We don't give reluctantly or out of compulsion. And to me, growing up and all of that, you know, when there's this big guy standing over me with a plate or a bag, you know, and they got people all around you going, I wonder what they're going to pull out, you know. Like that sounds like, compul- you know, like maybe we'll start going, well, look at, look at that right there, you know. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me that we'll go to a restaurant and we feel very compelled when we're served and taken care of by a server. We feel very compelled to give 15, 20%, maybe more, right? Because we've been served and taken care of so well. And God, God says to us that the foundation of giving, you rob me otherwise, right? The foundation of giving is 10%. Then I ask that you steward my resources, not yours, in the balance of those things, that you, that you serve the kingdom with those resources. So the truth is we're being, what, we, what you've been given is really not for you. There, there is a small portion of that that's for you, but the larger portion is not for you. It's for others. And hoarding, right, or covetousness, man, that, that, that will absolutely stifle the kingdom and it will stifle you. Like we've been set free to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And yet we'll go to a restaurant and be served pretty well by somebody. I mean, how well is Christ served you? Are, are you tipping him? You know, like, and man, look, look, I, I, I don't want your money. God doesn't want your money. But he has commissioned us in these principles of giving because he wants to use our resources collectively to reach the world for his glory. And that's what we endeavor to do with the resources that are entrusted to us. So 10% of everything that comes through our door goes back out into missions, much like the Levites did when they were given. It's the same exact principle, right? So uh, I want to point out some of the things that we do missionally. So Thomas Stalling is our missionary to the USF campus uh, right here, and, uh, and we support him. That he and, and God is doing a great work right there on the campus of USF. Um, New Life Solutions, we've supported this, this wonderful ministry uh, that has exploded uh, into so many other ministries as listed there. Um, over 20 years, we've, we've partnered with them. The Lord's led us this year to partner with a new uh, pregnancy uh, ministry that, that seeks to rescue, uh, and, uh, and that's next steps. And you're going to be hearing more about that. And we're super, super excited about that. Backpack Ministry, Sandy, would you just stand? We just want to celebrate you. Um, just this is Sandy, and I don't stand, I know you don't like any of that, but I want you to be able to identify Sandy, who not only works in our stewardship ministry finance, but, but she also pioneers through God's spirit. And I can tell you, God's spirit laid it on her heart, came to me, and we're like, we're doing this. And that's been going on, I'd say, 10 plus years now. And uh, basically, it's backpack. Thank you, Sandy. Basically, it's backpacks uh, that get packed on, on uh, Thursday or Friday, and they go to Bear Creek Elementary for students to have food when they go home over the weekend because they're so dependent right on the school system Monday through Friday for bre- breakfast, lunch, and snacks. And so if you're interested in being a part of backpack ministry, check with Sandy. Uh, we have a new partnership with Rex Lundquist. Um, and I'm going to list some things that won't be on the slides because there's so many. But um, Rex... Uh, he uh, he pioneered. Uh, so he was in the Vietnam War and he was actually saved by a little Vietnamese kid like s- he saved his life. And and uh, and then Jesus s- really saved his life, his eternal life. And, and so he spent he spent his entire adult life um, sharing the gospel with Vietnam. And uh, and he's actually right here in St. Petersburg. 
and so he's uh, new to our to our missions family, and uh, and you you see Rex quite a bit. He he worships with us two three times a, a month. So um, excited about that. Samaritan's Purse through Shoebox Ministry. Roxanne, please stand. I just love this saint. She is such a gift. Um, so if you don't know Roxanne, that's Miss Precious Roxanne Taylor. And uh, she has pioneered uh, the, the, the shoebox uh, Operation Christmas Child t- for our church, not the whole ministry, but but like has uh, been, you know, has gone up to the d- distribution centers in Atlanta, you know, and just year round gives herself fully to this cause and opportunity. So if you're ever wanting to to partner with somebody that uh, that really does this all year long, uh, please, please see Miss Roxanne Taylor. Um, as was on the screen a little earlier, um, our student ministry sponsors a child. We want our students to be missional. So they have a child through Compassion International. Uh, our children's ministry also has a child through Holt um, International. Um, the children's ministry, our New Creations Children's Ministry, has um, a child that they sponsor and, uh, and uh, take care of and talk about because um, we want them to be missional. Last year, we uh, helped Olivia Crew go to the Dominican Republic. So if you're feeling led to go, I know Alana went to London uh, you know, during that same time and, uh, and was, was on a, an evangelistic uh, mission trip. Uh, if you feel like the Lord's leading you somewhere to be missional, man, talk to us. We'd love to help resource that. Uh, one of the things that I know Sharon, Sharon, if you just stand, um, Sharon's a blessing in so many ways. I can't even begin to. So Sharon... Uh, she is our, she's on staff as our bookkeeper and CPA. Uh, Sharon heads up and has head up for years our international missions program um, and, uh, and also uh, has prayer on Monday nights. So, um, you know, so you want to know Sharon. Um, she, is, she is our Anna, or one of them, you know, that, uh, you know, that we see where, you know, when Jesus was dedicated. Oh, look that up. It's really good. But like, um, so uh, some other things that, that we do uh, we, this year, this year we were able to provide supplies and uniforms um, for underserved uh, uh, elementary schools. Um, and that was a blessing and uh, a really a great opportunity. Uh, the men's ministry has done gas giveaways uh, throughout the year and those are incredible where we just pump 10 or $20 worth of gas in, in 50 to 100 cars and just basically share that we've been given freely so we want to freely give. And it's just a blessing to be a part of. Um, thanks, Living Baskets. Mary has, has, has continued to carry that mantle. Uh, thank you, Mary. Um, so I- on, on in the after, we'll celebrate Mary in just a moment because she does so much more than just that. But, but like, um, thanks, Living Baskets. So during Thanksgiving season, we pack baskets and, and take them out to families that would be blessed by uh, not just a meal for Thanksgiving, but for, for so much more. Um, Operation uh, uh, Christmas Outreach this year. Uh, I want to thank, I want you to see, this is Fred and Cindy, the two are one for sure. Uh, uh, Fred and Jerry um, took took the the challenge uh, to 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 head up the uh, the Christmas outreach to uh, to Egret Cove Center, this a nursing home that's four blocks from here, uh, and that my mom happens to be in. So like, um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, On the seventeenth, the student ministry kind of led the way and we and you guys took names off the tree and uh, and we took uh, uh, over a hundred gifts to the residents and to the staff and just blessed them and loved on them. I love that Rob and the worship team came and sang Christmas choruses throughout the hall. It was just a wonderful one and we got to hear how beautiful Leilani's voice is. It was amazing. So um, thank you, Fred, uh, Jerry. Keep Jerry in prayer. Um, Jerry is uh, fighting COVID. Uh, fortunately, he's doing really well today. 
um, and uh, he's on day three, four, uh, and uh, and hopefully he's uh, he's one and out, but uh, but he needs our prayers and. Uh, Jerry is so much a part of our our, our church family. Uh, we also su- uh, support, so just know that you as a member of our church family supports Joy FM and, uh, and, and Moody as well. Uh, we, we believe in, in the ministry of radio, and uh, we also have a, a partner over in the Middle East uh, that does Transworld Radio. You'll see Daniel come up here in just a moment. But uh, the next slides that you're going to see, I mentioned earlier that Sharon is the... Uh, is the champion of our uh, international missions program. We have seven international missionaries around the world that we support, and we have supported some of them for over 32 years. Uh, we've only, as F- Faith Fellowship, we've been here 17 years. Um, so you can imagine this has been a legacy of this, of this church. And in the foyer, if you, I mean, in the hallway, if you walk down the hallway, we have a missions board, and it gives descriptions about all of our missionaries. It, sh- it shows you where they're at. Uh, this couple right here is going to be with us in four weeks from Indonesia, um, Malaysia, Indonesia. They are now, but um, they're going to come and share, and they are—they're th- wonderful. Can't wait to see Jim and Carla. Um, but uh, you know what I—what I'd love for you to do, what Sharon would love for you to do. There are adoption pack- packages that are still available in the foyer, but all their information is in the foyer uh, or is in the hallway, and. You know, I, I, I would love for you to partner with them, get their contact information is there. See Sharon. You can you can talk to her about any of these. We do an update um, and then I'll call on you, Sharon. We do an update the first of every month. We highlight a missionary for that month so that we can really kind of zone in on them and pray for them for that month. And uh, and that's an opportunity. But uh, we would love for every member of our church family to, to be in correspondence with one of our missionaries, just one. And be praying for that one missionary as a family, as a couple, um, as an individual that you're praying for them daily. Sharon? Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, see, she's sharing. And and I want to mention that um, our unemployment is zero. Uh, this is the state of the church address, meaning that we have lots of openings and availability. And uh, what I, what I want to say is that the the benefit package is astronomical. <laughs> like, st- like I mean, there is treasure in heaven available if you are excited about that. I am. So um, uh, all of that is is really exciting. Uh, beyond just Carla and Jim coming in four weeks. Uh, Coming up in June, uh, we have another couple that's coming to share uh, what's going on in there in Portugal. So please uh, come and uh, and hear about that. Is is it the betting? Yes, yes. So oh, not the Arabuses. I'm sorry, but the Bettingers are coming to share with us. So uh, Sharon will keep me straight. Um, but here's what I want to say. Um, do you know that you're a missionary, empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness? that there's a mission field that's right here in your back door, in your family, your, your job, that we're called to be missionaries. We're called to live out the gospel as you go. And so in your neighborhood, with your coworkers and with your families. And so I just want to take a brief pause here, and I just want to ask. Um, I do this each year, and I love it. Um, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're understanding the call that Jesus has on our life. Once we've been given the spirit, we're called to be witnesses and to, to be ambassadors. Really, you know, on foreign soil, we're meant to represent a whole different kingdom and culture as citizens. Um, if, that's, if that's really resonating with you, um, wh- whenever a missionary goes into the field, 
um, there's a there's a local church that that is their covering and they spot you know all of that support um, and so what I want to do is I, I want to commission this morning anybody that is saying you know what I want to be a missionary to my neighborhood I want to be a missionary to my work I want to be a missionary right here right now and and or maybe that's what you're already doing and you've never been a part of a commissioning uh, if that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you to stand and we're going to pause and pray. Is there anybody that just says, you know what, I, I'm going to be a missionary wherever I go. I'm going to live out the Great Commission. And if that's you, I want you to stand this morning and I'm just going to pray. I always try not to cry when I when I look and see this happen. So. Father, we thank you. We thank you that this is your calling in our lives, so we are confident that you will empower us. Holy Spirit, we know that you will, uh, that, that we don't have to look for words in these moments, but that uh, you will lead us into all truth and remind us of everything that Jesus has said, that you'll put, as you said, Lord Jesus, in encouraging your disciples that don't worry about it. At, at any, Whenever I put you, wherever I put you, I will put the words in your mouth and I will put the gospel in your heart. Um, Lord, I pray that you would bless each each heart that stands this morning with, uh, with the royal objective to be kingdom kids that continue to invite people into the party and into the family, uh, helping them to understand that there's an adoption uh, to the God of the universe that is being offered through his son, um, that he's rescued us from our slavery, our sin, uh, and he's, he's moved us from death to life and life, light from darkness to light. Lord, I pray that you would bless each one that stands today I pray that you would open doors for them, that you would that you would prepare hearts for them, that you would use them to share your good news and that many would come to Christ because of your faithful work through their lives. And we ask these things in the only name that matters. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I give you this as a commissioning verse for those that stood. I'm, I'm going to just read this because I believe this is a verse that speaks to us as commissioned missionaries. And it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we've been given as missionaries, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, entrusting it to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God, love this, love this, love, love, love this. God making his appeal through us. If anything sticks, let that stick. God making his appeal through us. And this is it. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, so clarifying. Uh, I also want to mention that we are an A2 church. You'll see that throughout all of our literature, our website, uh, down the hallway. Um, and I, I want to clarify that. Um, so we're at Acts 2, 42 to 47 church. Uh, what we mean by that is we're not a denomination. Uh, we are non-denominational in our expression. Uh, we are unified with like-minded churches in everything. Uh, we're not looking to be rogue. We're just looking to be faithful. Um, and we believe that the scriptures help us to understand what the DNA of the church is. And we believe that this passage of scripture helps to clarify that. 
So when we refer to ourselves as A2, listen to the dynamics or the characteristics that are depicted here about the church. And it says this, and they, were devo- and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's all the teachings that the apostles taught in reference to Christ and his apostolic, their apostolic ministry. So, and to the apostles' teaching, they devoted themselves to the, to the teachings, to the fellowship. And that's not to fellowship, that's to the fellowship, that's to one another. They devoted themselves to one another. The breaking of bread, uh, this is both... Uh, times together in, in, in eating together, but also the Lord's Supper, communion, and the prayers, plural. And awe came o- upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, the sent ones. And all who believed were together, together. That's not talking about proximity. That's talking about heart and mind, folks. Right? They were together and had all things in common. This is not communism. They still owned their homes, but they freely gave in lavish ways like we see with Barnabas, right? Um, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So let me me just give you just a a quick story. I'm not going to give names, of course, but I'm going to tell you like, so so we... We're going to meet this Friday, Sharon and I, because we do the books and all that stuff. And we'll close out 2023, right? Because we got to get the statements in from December, all that, right? So, but as of now, we're, we're sitting uh, about $8,000 over expense. We are under budget, right? But we are over expense. Does that make sense? Right? We didn't take in what we forecasted or we thought the Lord was going to, you know, but we took in more than we spent to the tune of $8,000 with one month to go. Because we always want to live with total, total transparency. And by the way, you're never going to see in our lifeline, this is how much money came in last week. And this, you know, like, so please give me, you know, like, like we trust God for those things. But, 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 w- but what I want us to, to understand that even with that $8,000 over, there was an individual, and I will never, ever say who, but, uh, and, and I don't keep track of, like, I don't know what you give. And I do that intentionally. I could, but I don't want to, right? Because I, I just don't want to. That Sharon and, and 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 Sandy know, so better be good, nice to th- them. But like, but like, but like, what I what I want you to understand is there was a family that sold their house and gave thirty thousand dollars, and that's why. Okay, I just say that because it's it's it, it's it's so faithful to this text, right? And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together. Now, just pause for a moment here. I know, I'm, I'm, uh, but like, why would people that have experienced the, the complete sacrifice of Christ and go to a temple that has been wrecked by his resurrection and, and, and crucifixion and that, that know that the veil's been torn from heaven to earth, why would they go to a temple? You ever thought about that? Daily. Because Jesus said, this is my house of prayer. And this is where, I believe they were prayer, prayer there. They were praying and witnessing. And we know that's true because we go on in, in Acts and we find out that they were going for times of prayer. Right? But they were doing it together day by day. And they were breaking bread in their homes day by day. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Guys, are you opening the doors of your heart so that you can open the doors of your home to your church family and your neighbors? 
Are you, are, you, are you exercising the gift of hospitality that God has given you in order to welcome people in ultimately to him? And so it goes on to say, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know why the Lord? Because he's the one that saves, like right? Rescues through the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know why he was adding to them? Because they were a healthy body of believers and he could entrust these infants in the faith to them for discipleship and growth, right? And, and that's, what, that's what I long for our church family to be, a place where people grow up in the Lord, right? And that's not going to be popular as we move on, just so you know. Uh, it might not even be popular now. But uh, Acts 4, 34, 35 continues to highlight this A2 concept, and it says, uh, there was not a needy person among them within the church. For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. I mean, it's just there. So what is the vision of our church? Like the vision. So a vision is very different than a mission, right? A vision is something that God puts out way in front of us to show us like what he's up to and what he's, what he's doing. Without a, we're told without a vision of people perish right so our vision is a place to come to life that this would be a place to come to life and when i say life i'm talking about john 3:16, right for 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 god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have shall shall not perish but have everlasting or eternal life right and and jesus said in john 14 6 it's all over the gospel of john john 14 6 he says this he says i have come So he declares why he's come. He says, I have come that they may have what? Right? Jesus said uh, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father through me. But as I mentioned a moment ago, like John 10, 10 says, I have come that they may have life and life abundantly. Right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come for this purpose. We, we also have a discipleship program within our church. Uh, it's called C4. Anybody know what C4 is? Like from a worldly perspective? It's dynamite, right? Like it is, it is powerful. And, uh, and we believe that the gospel is powerful and, and discipleship can be a powerful agent in people's lives. And so C4 is four C's. Come, connect, covenant, calling. This is a process that we see people walk through in their journey to maturity. Right. So this is a biblical blueprint modeled by Jesus and followed by his church. It is a it is a discipleship process that gives individuals opportunities to grow into maturity and uh, in the Lord. It is also a journey which allows people to to enter and grow at their pace. And because you ever go to you ever go to like you ever been to one of those outlet malls like in Orlando? And it's like you feel lost when you just get out of your car. You know, what I mean, or you're at Disney World or one of these theme parks and you're like, and when you find that map and it has that s- big red star and it says you are here, now all of a sudden you're oriented to that's the whole point of this process. Plug in where you believe you are and begin to, to grow in your journey uh, with the Lord. Um, I'm going to pause because I have more to share with you. Um, I will kind of bring that to us in weeks to come. But I want to get to one of the most exciting moments of today as I try to wrap this up for us is every year uh, we endeavor to um, 
to get away as leadership um, during the fall. Many of you remember this because it just happened last fall. And, and we, we do a prayer retreat. And during that prayer retreat, we seek the Lord for the next year. And we are just asking the Lord for what it is that he wants to do, is going to do uh, in the next year so that we can subscribe and get on board. And he's so faithful to, to provide. I'll give you some of the, uh, the, the themes that he has provided over the years. Radical surrender, fearless faith, right? Live to give, uh, each one reach one. Live love, devoted. Some of, so you see some of these pieces that are around our campus. Saved to serve, faith in action, bless, right? This was an acronym, um, you know, begin in prayer. Um, uh, uh, help me, guys. Begin in prayer, listen with care, um, eat together, uh, serve your neighbor, and then share the gospel, right? Like it's, it's, a, it, it's an approach to, to how, we, how we reach others. Um, living loved, living loved, uh, last couple of years was dwell in 22, and, uh, and this last year was our theme was what? Shine. So I want to I wanna, I wanna unleash the new theme for you that the Lord has given us, and this is the theme, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. It's, it's based out of Matthew 6, verse 10. It's the Lord's prayer. It's the, isn't it amazing that it's the very first thing that Jesus tells us to pray for? After giving all the glory to God, like, who, you know, you're the king of the universe, you know, our, he's acknowledging him as our father, you know, all glory and honor and praise, hallowed be your name. This is the first request that Jesus says that we make in the Lord's prayer. And it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So um, I just wanted to let you know that. Um, just celebrate that. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. I think it's pretty incredible that that's the theme the Lord's given us going into a, um, a presidential campaign year. Um, because there's going to be a lot, as we saw four years ago when we did Jesus 2020 as a church, we saw a lot of division uh, because of that. And is there nothing more unifying than the kingdom of God? Is there nothing more unifying than what Jesus does and offers us as our sovereign king? He wants to be the monarch of our lives. And, uh, and he's good, as we mentioned throughout our time together this morning. So I have a few other things I want to share with you, and I'll get to those uh, later this month, but I want to share some upcoming things that I want you to know about. Uh, plug into a life group. We got life groups on Monday night prayer group. We got Tuesday night overcomers. Wednesday night, we have uh, Kingdom Kids as well as Centerpoint. Thursday night, Miss Judy has a, a study on the first and th or a prayer group on first and third uh, Thursday night. We have women's studies at Mary's Place, Ray and Mary's Place on Thursday night. Discipleship Essentials is getting kicked off this Saturday. This is an incredible opportunity for you to dive into God's Word together with a group of two or three other people. And all I'm asking you to do is come to Chick-fil-A this Saturday at 8.30 on Tyrone Boulevard, and I'll unpack the whole thing for you. There's no obligation. You're not committing to anything. But just come and hear what it's all about and the potential that it has for your life and, uh, and the opportunity that's there. Uh, come and check that out. It'll be about uh, 45 minutes or so on uh, next Saturday morning, and I'd love to get you plugged into this incredible. It, it's something we do for the entire year, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, this is a this is a required 
a component in order for you to move into what any leadership within our church. So if that's something that you're considering, we encourage you to consider that. Men's breakfast is on at Dodo's at uh, on Fridays. We have get ready study on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock. We have a Bible study that the, the student ministry thrive student ministry happens on Sunday night next week. Uh, we're going to winter jam. Uh, and uh, with new songs going to be there. That's all that matters to me. Like, you know, arise my love and I'm good. But like, just come out. It's 15 bucks at the door. Like, there's no tickets required. Just 15 bucks at the door and you're in. And it's going to be an incredible celebration. We're going to the U- U- USF campus for that. Leaving here at 3 o'clock next, uh, next, uh, next, um, next Saturday. Amir, would you stand up so we can just identify. Th- this is our newest staff member. So excited about Amir. Uh, Amir joined us on uh, on on the first of uh, August. So uh, so Amir's been with us going on five months, and uh, just so in love with this young man. So grateful for for God and and in bringing the gifts that Amir has and and offers to us. Such a lover, and uh, so so thankful for him. He he uh, he he is God's instrument for student ministry, and um, and so they are they're going to. This event Saturday has invited the church to go with them, and it's going to be a great time. We'll take the van. Uh, but if you need any more information about that, talk to Mr. Amir. So uh, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate you so much. Um, um, want want to keep you um, on the lookout for. Um, I, by the way, if you're if you're new with us today, welcome. So glad you're here. Uh, by the way, th- I, I don't I don't do videos and dress up every week. I'm just so, just so you know, like this is a unique Sunday. Um, but I want to give you a heads up of some of the things that are that are coming up. Um, Clarksville, Tennessee, I think you guys know on December 9th got got pummeled by tornadoes. Um, we are going to be partnering with Samaritan's Purse to go in to Clarksville and uh, and bring some relief and bring the gospel, most importantly. So keep uh, keep your eyes to um, to announcements for that, because that'll be coming up soon. We have men's retreats coming up this year. Uh, marriage retreat is scheduled for this year. A men's night out, women's retreats, um, Saturday workshops quarterly. Um, that will that w- is really the goal of those is not only to equip people in things like finances and taxes and estate planning and and gardening and all that stuff, but it's meant to like you know like to reach out to the community and uh, and say oh wow I want to go be a part of that. That's that's something that's interesting. You know, I got my taxes coming up here in April 50, you know, like, so I'm going to go and, you know, so um, so those are some things. Uh, there's still a lot of planning to be done on all of that. But those are some things that have been laid on our heart. And then I, w- I just want to finish with this. And this is just my heart to yours. Um, abide in Christ. We can't bear fruit apart from him. And and here's the thing, like um, you're no good to each other if you're not abiding in him. Like we we blow up with enthusiasm and excitement for for Christ and his mission when we stay connected to him and we love each other well when we do it in the spirit's strength and not our own. Um, So abide and remain. Um, Love, love God. Love God with all your heart, mind, strength and soul. Like love him. One of the things in Jesus's state of state of the church address is he said to the church in Laodicea, you have lost your first love. And uh, let's never do that. Let's always make sure that, that God is our first love. And I believe that if that's true, loving others will be, will be a natural byproduct. Uh, let's love one another. Um, also, we see it in the text today, guard unity. And make it your mission. Don't go, 
man, I hope they take care of unity because I need some unity. You know, like this is everybody's responsibility. And then um, pray for each other. Would you do that? Would you like on Sunday morning, as I mentioned last week, um, would you like like be intuitive and and willing to kind of ask people how they're doing? And if you find someone that's struggling and it won't be hard, um, pray with them right here, right now. Um, yeah, Al came in this morning. Where's Al? Raise your hand, Al. I gotta find there he is. There's Mr. Al. Love Al. Do you guys love Al? I love Al. I just love Al. L- Al has a friend named Don um, who's been kind of brought into hospice here recently and given some some kind of terminal news and this I'm sure that's tough for the fam and he said would you just add that to your prayer list I said no I said we're going to pray right now right here and we're going to continue to pray and thank you for the privilege so would you pray for people and when they ask for prayer would you pray with them and uh and would you ask your server at any restaurant that you go into before you give thanks for your food would you ask them, is there anything I can pray for you for? You might be surprised what God does in those moments. I want to share my verse for 2024. I hope that you will um, follow that example and, uh, and find a verse that resonates or the Lord puts upon in your heart for the year, and then you will uh, be intentional about hiding it in your heart. Um, my verse is uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 14. And this verse in the NIV says, do everything in love. Now, that's really easy to memorize, right? ESV says it this way. Let all that you do be done in love. That's my verse for this year. And uh, and you're welcome. Like, I don't have copyright on that. I just want you to know you can have the same verse. Um, and let all that you do be done. Let all that I do be done in love. And then finally, um, I'm going to ask that the worship team come up and close our time out. Uh, we're going to have a benediction that we're going to use for the for for the foreseeable future, that I, that m- many of you are familiar with. But I just want it. I want to declare it uh, every Sunday after before we leave. I want to declare it together. So when we get to that point, would you? W- it'll be on the screen. Would you just? Would you just declare it with Rob as he reads it for us this morning? But I want to share with you. Uh, this is my prayer for you this year. So I have a prayer for my 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 memory verse for me, and then this is for you. And you'll remember this from a previous benediction, but Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in other words, as in trusting in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.